I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me this morning is New York Times bestselling author, Andrew Schaefer. Uh, His new book is Hope Rides Again. It's St. Patrick's weekend in 2019, and Joe Biden is tired. Between a whirlwind book tour and constant speculation about his potential presidential run, he's anxious to get out of the spotlight and back home to Jill. With one last stop in Chicago, he's looking forward to carving out some quality time to visit with his BFF, ex-POTUS Barack Obama. A cathartic escape from the political status quo, Andrew Schaefer will have readers cheering for their elected officials at a time when it may feel difficult to do so. He's a New York Times bestselling author and has been featured in the Washington Post, Entertainment Weekly, USA Today, Fox News, and more. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Nice to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, great to have you on. Uh, a great series. I guess my first question is, uh, you know, why, you know, this is the second book in the series. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us about how the first, you know, how, why you decided and when to write these two books or to begin the series. Yeah, it, go, it goes back a couple of years um, to when, uh, you know, Barack Obama and Joe Biden were in office about the last month they were in office these internet memes started going around, which, um, you know, a little difficult to describe on the radio, but you had these pictures of Obama and Biden palling around, having a good time, you know, either in the White House, at basketball games, whatever, and they looked like the best of friends. And so people on the internet would imagine conversations between them, often with Barack Obama sort of chastising Joe. Joe would, he'd be like, put away the laser pointer, Joe, you know. Uh, during a meeting or something, and and Joe was always sort of this rascally little kid almost. And I thought, what if they really had like a playful, you know, relationship like that in real life? And since you can't write a book uh, about them just, you know, holding hands for <laughs> for three hundred well, pages, well, you could. <laughs> I thought, well, you could. It would be a little, but there wouldn't be much conflict, right? Yeah. I thought you have to throw in a mystery, and so. Uh, you know, what I did with these, this pair of books is each book is its own sort of standalone mystery where they uh, are coming together and, and solving a crime. And it's almost like a Sherlock and Watson dynamic because Joe Biden narrates the books while Obama is sort of the brains behind the operation, the Sherlock. Andrew, so how did you research the book? Where'd you get your information? I know it's fictional, but still, it's obviously based on you sort of said it, you didn't exactly say it, the bromance, as they call it, between Biden and Obama, but where did all right, your, right. yeah, where did all your information come from? Yeah, <laughs> I, I read all of their, you know, their autobiographies, memoirs, and especially with the Obama administration, there's been a lot of behind-the-scenes type memoirs that came out. Um, I've even talked to people that worked in the Obama administration and, and sort of picked their brains for details. Um, at, at a certain point, I think you have to stop. Uh, you can you can learn too much about someone when you you know when you know their favorite uh, drink, uh, you have their favorite breakfast cereal or something. You're like, how am I going to work that into a book? Um, surprisingly, though, I've you know been able to work in uh, Joe's favorite ice cream and and little details like that to give it you know believability. And I think if people buy into the small stuff, then they'll 
be along for the larger ride of the you know the the murder mystery, which is completely fictional. I should say I've had a couple of readers that have been a little confused on that point. So the murder mystery completely fictional. In other words, there have been some people, some of your readers, who have thought oh, maybe this is true. This these investigators. <laughs> Barack Obama um, yeah, and Joe Biden solving a murder mystery. I don't mystery. know if I call them readers, but you know, as soon as the headline goes out that Barack Obama and Joe Biden now solving crimes as amateur sleuths, people don't read the article, and then they respond to this on social media like they need to stay in their lane, they need to go back to being politicians and leave the crime solving up to police, you know. And I'm like, read the article, you know, <laughs> first before you comment. <laughs> Uh, so we have a, and I think this is sort of the PR to your book too, is or PR for for this book anyway, is you know in this political climate when things are really nasty, I guess um, not. I guess they are. Uh, mm-hmm. Your book has been described as something that it's fun, it, it's in it's in good taste, it's good humor, and it's really can everybody uh, get into the book on both sides of the aisle. Uh, absolutely. I've, I've, I've had a lot of people on both sides. Um, you know, I, I, I expected a lot of people on maybe the right side, uh, the conservatives to kind of, you know, be like, oh, I'm not going to touch that. But uh, a lot of people pick it up and they'll be like, hey, I like mysteries. I may not, <laughs> may not have been a fan of these two in office. Um, or it might be they're kind of furious to be political, but there's not much politics in it because at the end of the day, it's a story about two best friends, and it's sort of like the Hardy Boys. They're just solving mysteries together, so it's it's a lot more playful than it is political. Okay, that that's a great way of describing it: playful, not political necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this team, I mean, it's really interesting. I guess. At least I'm not aware of it. There are no other stories like that or fictional stories that have to do with the president and the vice president and this kind of a relationship, albeit fictional, uh, with a uh, little bit of nonfiction, I guess, sprinkled in. Um, it's kind of the first, isn't it? It's the first of its kind. Um, you know, they're, 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 as far as that type of relationship goes, I think it, it's more like a, a buddy cop movie, the sort of structure than it is uh, a lot of traditional, uh, you know, mystery books. Besides Sherlock and Watson, you really can't think of a lot of duos out there. Uh, they're all, you know, Miss Marple does it on her own, all these cozy mysteries. They're mostly people going alone. And this one's really about, yeah, a friendship and two people that, that readers are already familiar with. Um, you know, there have been other uh, books and movies starring presidents. There's like a there's actually a really like a 22 book series of Eleanor Roosevelt solving crimes uh, written by her son, I believe. So there is, you know, there have been other political stuff like this, but, but in terms of, you know, a, a pair of best friends out solving crimes like this, you don't, you don't see that too often, I think in the literary world. No, the dynamic duo. Now I'm assuming mm-hmm. you've had some kind of a response from Barack Obama, Joe Biden, um, well, what happened was, uh, I got, uh, Joe Biden was coming through Kentucky uh, last year and that's where I live, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. And he was coming through and his people got a hold of me and they said, Hey, uh, Joe's going to be at this rally. Uh, and he, you know, he'd like to talk to you. And I was like, 
about and they're like he just liked to talk to you and i was like uh-oh you know <laughs> he saw the book and maybe he you know wants to say something anyway when he came up to uh me and my wife to talk to us at this rally uh he's like he just said great job <laughs> and i said oh you read the book and he's like well, i haven't read it yet but uh you know great job <laughs> so he 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 enjoyed the cover of the first book at least i know that and right, then, so you did, uh, he, get, he did yeah. something yeah, he he signed a copy of the book for me, which is something that I think a lot of authors don't have happen, which is the subject of their book actually signing their book. That's true. I, yeah, it's yeah. Usually, it's your people who read the book are the ones who are signing the book, right? All of your your readers. Um, okay, so he approved, even though he hadn't read the book, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe Jill had read the book. Um, you know, uh, it, what's interesting was that Jill, I was listening to her memoir that she recently had come out, which is a great uh, story, and she mentions Hope Never Dies and Obama Biden Mystery in her memoir as an example of the public's fascination with the bromance between them. And she says, well, you know, they are as close as people think they are. However, they're not fictional detectives. So, um, and then she made a clarification. I also haven't read the book. (laughs) Now, the question Um, is, uh, why haven't they read the book? I I mean, because, you know, both of them are making these like positive. Yeah, it would be weird to read someone fictionalizing you and and to be like, oh, I wouldn't say that or I wouldn't do that or something, you know, and I think I think that might be a little strange. Uh, but I would bet they would read the book. I bet at some point they are going to read the book. Well, this book, the second one, Hope Rides Again, j- literally just came out. So they have a chance to read it. Now, how does this, what do you think, impact or does it impact on Joe Biden now running for president of the United States? Um, well, you know, when I was writing the books, I didn't have any real idea that he would run. At least the first book, I was like, I kind of teased it a few times, like where he's kind of regretful, like, oh, I'm pretty sure I could have. I could have won the election if I had jumped in last time. And so, you know, with the second book, it was looking like he was going to run, but it was still sort of 50-50, I think. And so I I kind of went back and forth in the book, but then once he finally announced, I went back and made a few corrections to where he's definitely leaning towards running. So um, it, it, was, it was something that was happening along with writing the book, and I didn't really have, you know, much thought into, you know, how that will affect the, you know, the third book. I said, I said there, 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 there's possibly going to be a third book, but right now it's called I Hope There's a Third Book <laughs> because I, you know, I don't know what will happen with Joe Biden over the next year. And, and you know, and that would result in a very different book if he were a front runner or if he had been sort of like this old gunslinger who had, you know, decided to, go hang up his hat or something. I think, I think that's also a compelling story. Um, but you know, what's a, what's a more compelling story for me is, isn't necessarily what's, you know, best for uh, the democratic party or the country. So, uh, so I, yeah, so I'm, I'm probably the worst person to answer that question because, because I like, you know, I like the idea of the old gunslinger, uh, you know, walking off into the sunset and it just doesn't work if he's president. Yeah, don't write. All right, hold back on that one, I guess. Uh, here's a question mm-hmm. you can answer. Um, do you think there 
are any or similarities, let's say, be between being a detective like these guys are in the book and being a politician? Um, I think I think the only similarity is you have to know the law pretty well, um, just because politicians are always breaking it. Um, I, <laughs> uh, that's that's like half a joke, and but I think a lot of politicians have been lawyers. And so they know the law pretty well. Detectives know the law. But what's interesting about having a pair of people who are politicians trying to do detective work is, you know, they're used to delegating tasks. They're not used to doing stuff themselves. You know, if they've got a whole staff working for them. They've got interns. And, and doing detective work is legwork. You can't, you can't, you know, just go pay an intern to do something for you. You've got to do it yourself. And so that's interesting to me is putting these characters, uh, you know, the fictional versions of Obama and Biden into a story where they have to actually get their hands dirty. And sometimes it's interesting to see someone who's really good at one thing sort of bumble around at another thing and you go, oh, they're actually a little more human than I thought. It's like watching Michael Jordan try to play baseball. It's like, oh, he's, He's good at basketball, but he's not good at this other thing. But it's still kind of fun to watch. It's fun to watch. makes you feel good. Um, also, and it obviously your, your series makes a lot of people feel good. And really, you know, because they're so popular, New York mm-hmm. Times bestselling author. Why do you think at this particular time, everybody's so interested in reading the kind of, you know, humorous story about, you know, real life people who are really in your face politicians for all of us. Um, but you, you grab them with your story. And um, what do you think that is? Well, I think I was a little worried about the first book because I thought people might view it as a joke and go, oh, there's not much substance here. But I was like, I work to write, you know, it's not just a cover that's funny. That kind of grabs you and brings you in. You go, oh, look, you can clearly see there in this outlandish sort of, uh, on the new book, Obama's hanging from a helicopter by a ladder pulling Joe Biden up from a boat on Lake Michigan. And you go, oh, that's pretty crazy. Um, But does the story work? And at the end of the day, the story has to work. And so I spent a lot of time on these books crafting the, the mystery and researching, you know, the mystery elements and making sure that all comes together because that's really what latches people onto the story and, and makes them want to keep reading it. And it's not just a joke. It's actually a, a, a fairly serious book uh, with a lot of funny moments in it. But I think it's, it's, it's actually quite serious. So it's a little shocking, but it's also... Uh, you know, reading is, is, I think, as popular as ever. It's not, you know, it's not Netflix binging levels of, of popularity, but uh, it is, uh, you know, it, people were saying that, you know, reading was over as soon as radio came along, and that was a while ago. So, um, you know, it's still around, and I think people find, find reading as an escape. It's especially when you're distracted by your cell phone or this and that all day long, you know, it's, it's an escape from all of that. I would agree. I think re- uh, reading is here. Reading is still here and probably here to stay. Uh, I think it's more that how and when and what you read on. I mean, I used to read, mm-hmm. uh, I download books now. I download books on my iPhone actually, and I can read that read them anywhere. So I'm still reading, but, you know, it's just reading in a different, 
what would you call it? A, not a different medium, but I'm reading on my cell phone or my iPad, maybe rather mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. reading a book, book, a paper book. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and yeah. I do the same. I read, I read a lot like that. My wife reads reads paper books. I read mostly, uh, yeah, books uh, books on an ebook reader, just because it's it's convenient for me. And uh, and and you and the instantaneous nature of it. If you're reading a series, you can go from book one to book two to book three, just right in a row. You don't have to, you know, leave your bed. What about the so demographics? Like. <laughs> <laughs> what about the demographics, Andrew? I mean, do you have any idea? Are we looking at millennials reading your book, uh, wherever they're reading it, or uh, Gen X, or you know, baby I, boomers, or all of them? I don't have any idea, honestly, of the demographics because it really, it's really all over the place. Um, when I when I do events, I'm always I'll always look out and see just a sea of people that it's it's you know it could be age. Uh, gender, race, all very, uh, uh, very diverse uh, crowds, which is great because it it's not just pulling on you know one. It always really does well with one type of person, but but I you know I've noticed that that more so than a lot of other books that that I've put out, you know a lot of men will pick up the book. Um, a lot of people will buy it for their their fathers or grandfathers for Father's Day or something because they go hey. You know, he likes these type of thrillers and uh, he, you know, he hasn't read a book in five years. And then I oftentimes get like an email after that saying, oh, my God, it was so great to, you know, see dad pick up a book again. <laughs> and so it, it's it's interesting. People will just, you know, that that haven't read books in a while will pick it up quite a bit, which is which is just really just humbling, I think, for me. What about the people in Kentucky? You said you're from Louisville, you and your wife, mm-hmm. or you live there now. Um, yeah. Are you originally from Kentucky? Um, I'm originally from Iowa. So, yeah, I, I moved to, yeah, sometimes I joke <laughs> that I moved to Kentucky to get away from politics because uh, Iowa is always in the presidential uh, election spotlight, of course, because it's the first uh, caucus in the nation. And so, um but uh, yeah, I do live in in Kentucky now, which is which is a, a very red state. And I've had some people come up to me at readings on like maybe the coasts and say, "Oh, you're really brave to write what you write from Kentucky." And I said, "Well, you know, it's I, I don't find that people are that in your face in real life as they are on social media about uh, you know about politics or about stuff that people oh we're so divided." Um, you know, you can, you, you go to, you know, you go for an ice cream cone or something, you look around the Dairy Queen, you go, are we really divided? Uh, you know, ice cream brings us together, right? So, um, you know, I don't see, there's, it's not like a, you're constantly going, oh, that person voted this way, that person voted this way. And so uh, I, I just think that, you know, people get along a lot better in real life than they do online. So you think online, the internet, all of that is somewhat, I'm calling it hype, I don't know what else to call it, but it really doesn't reflect what's happening in community, your experience, because you travel around the country uh, promoting your book, you meet with people, you talk to people, uh, in all, I assume, you know, you're, you mentioned before right, the show, you're in right. Chicago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'll say, how many of you saw that thing that happened on Twitter yesterday where so-and-so said something to so-and-so or, or you know, and, and like, you know, uh, you know, two people out of 20 people may raise their hand. 
And I'll be like, really? Like y'all didn't follow that? You know, like, like that was hyped up in the news, like, like, oh, uh, you know, and, and so what happens online tends to kind of stay online, I think, for the most part. And a lot of people are just kind of disconnected from that. They're listening to other stuff, you know, they're listening to, you know, podcasts and radio and, 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 and watching, you know, television and stuff. But as far as social media goes, I find that people kind of tune it out for the most part, I think. And I think, you know, I think that's a good thing. I think that social media is fine and it's fun, but it has its place and, and, um, and anymore, it just feels like people are just sort of yelling at their own sort of, you know, the silos and they get stuck into, you know, one sort of, uh, silo of just information and, and these other news sources and stuff really go outside of that. And it's not just sound bites, you know, if you listen to a podcast, you can listen to a half hour, you know, and you're, you're getting a, a much better discussion than just uh, 240. 40 characters or whatever it is on Twitter. That's good to hear. I mean, I, coming from you particularly. So let's talk about the election. What do you think? Well, so what is the influence, do you think, if people aren't actually, don't really perhaps, uh, aren't as divided as you're describing it in person? Um, there's lots more diversity of thought, whether you're in New England or in Kentucky or in the South. So what does that say in terms of the election and, you know, Getting on the internet, getting our, or getting information about what's happening. You know, it, the the strange thing is, is once I think the more you narrow your choices down, the more you you are kind of dividing people, and you're like, well, you either have to pick choice A or choice B here, you know. And with a presidential candidate, the you know candidates, it's 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 never more stark than it is around election time, where I have two choices, and and uh, somehow I have to make that, you know, project all of my values or whatever onto that person and make that my person. So I think that, that you know, that's why around the election time or the presidential elections are so heated because people have to make that binary choice. But, it, you know, in real life, they don't. You, you're, you're often given a whole bunch of choices, um, you know, even right now with the Democratic uh, you know, presidential campaign, you have a whole buffet of choices here. And so even Democrats are like, well, I kind of like that one. I kind of like that. I kind of like her. I kind of like, <laughs> you know, even people that say, oh, I really like Joe will also say, you know who else I really like too? And you're like, you know, it, it, there's not, there's not as much sort of infighting going on, I think, uh, when you have more choices available. But yeah, I, you know, and I do worry about how stuff heats up online, especially around election time and, 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 but, uh, I, th- I think that it's it's just almost it's very focused to that one thing. I don't I don't just don't see that carrying over into daily lives that often. What and I want to kind of like get your background because uh, and how did you become an author? I mean, what made you? I mean, I assume you. I'm, well, I'm making the assumption you went to college, you majored yeah. in something. When did yeah? Okay. Um, yeah, I was a was an English major in college uh, at the University of Iowa. So I got uh, taught in creative writing classes by the Iowa uh, Writers Workshop students, and I took a summer semester at the Writers Workshop. I didn't really continue on grad school for writing, though. Uh, but I. Uh, you know, it's, I, this is my 10th book that I've got coming out here. And so it's, it's been, I do about a book a year or so. 
and and it's just taken a while to sort of build that career up from book to book to book and and each one of my books is usually pretty different so this is the first one i've done that's like a second in a series um, my previous books have been I, I did one book about how to survive a sharknado about the sci-fi channel sharknado series i did another book about um, Ghostbusters. It was a tie into the Ghostbusters movie in 2016. So I've done a little bit of everything in, in writing. The books keep changing from year to year, but this is the first time I've done like a second, you know, in a series. And so it's been it's been the first time I really had readers carry over from one one book to the next. So, as you said, the books keep changing, but I assume that after each book that you've written, then that changes you as well. Oh yeah, I, the reason I I really love to write is I get to do a lot of reading. I get to do a lot of research. So every book I write, I you know I'll spend probably about as much time writing it, uh, doing research as well. So and that's just you know pick up twenty books from the library or from the used bookstore or from a, a, another bookstore, and you and you just read through them all and you do research and you you find different you know. A, uh, watch documentaries and you just immerse yourself in, in that world. And it's so fun, you know, at a certain point, of course, you have to say, oh, well, I better start writing this book. But until that point, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun job to get, you know, to get paid to, to read. And so, you know, that was my original thing, you know, where I, I was a kid, I loved to read. And then I loved to write because I thought, hey, everybody who reads then, you know, writes their own story. And you realize that as you get older, oh, well, everybody sort of abandons that sort of playful part of their nature at some point. And I guess I just got stuck in it. Well, we have a couple of minutes left, Andrew. And, well, congratulations on, obviously, these two books, hit series. Oh, and I hope you. you continue with it, no matter what happens in the presidential election. So since a couple minutes left, give us information where we can go to to get, uh, you know, to learn more about you your series, your books, uh, and what you're doing. And also, because I think you're doing your promo across the country for this book, um, where can we see you in person? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm right now I'm in the midst of a 28-city book tour, which is just huge and massive. And it, you really don't mount book tours this large anymore. But somehow, uh, every time my publisher came to me and said, would you like to go here? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, it just uh, the the dates started piling up and 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 I made sure I was like make sure we get the Midwest on there too you know so so I'm going everywhere from you know New York and D.C. and Philly to the West Coast L.A. Portland Seattle San Francisco and then and then doing a bunch of stops in in the Midwest. Uh, Is there a Oklahoma, website and, that we can go to because we do have we have 30 yeah. seconds left where we can hook it? Yeah, yeah. it's just. <laughs> AndrewShafer.com, S-H-A-F-F-E-R.com. So, and if you can't spell that, just type in Hope Rides Again in Google, and I'm the first one that comes up. Great. We got it. Thanks so much for being on the show today. It was great talking to you. Yeah, great talking to you. Thanks so much. Yeah, bye. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 